Listener Production. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yolukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. One, two, three, Hello. Hi. Oh, we have an episode. Do we have an episode? Do we have an episode? <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited. So I'll, I'll just quickly mention, our guest is Hannah. She's one of the co-founders of Francesca. And she's actually, if you've listened to the KickPod for a while and you might have listened to the um, episode Laura had with her sister Rachel about their interesting trip overseas. Human trafficking. Human trafficking. Near miss. Yes. That was probably the most wild episode. Absolutely. It was so gripping. Mm. And then you had to like, I had to remind myself, like, this isn't just like a a law and order story. Like, this is someone's like real life. Anyway, Hannah, this is Hannah. Yes. Um, But she's also a mum of two. So I'm so excited to get into her because I learned so much from that chat. Same. But first... I have quite the Harvey update. I'm looking forward to this because before we started recording, you said there's a video. Did you see what Josh uploaded on Instagram? I'm like, no, I didn't. I haven't scrolled for the last couple of days. So I didn't. Good on you. I just haven't been. That's great. You know what's really self indulgent of me? I'll post on Instagram. But then you just. But I don't look at anyone else's. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, whatever. You got to do what you got to do. do. I think I am. But it's it's good. It's good. Time off the phone is (laughs) is good. Um, So my Harvey update. I mean, he's two now, um, and he's developing at a rapid rate. Yeah, and he's got a haircut, and he looks like a five-year-old oh, boy. Yeah, I wasn't very into it. As in, like at the start, I was like, I don't really want this to happen because he had to cut his curls off. Yeah. I think that's the most painful is yeah. when they're like they've got the little ringlet yeah. curls, and you have to snip off the actual. Mm. And they're so soft because it's like his first hairs. Yeah. so they're like Bum baby fluff. silky soft hairs. Anyway, now his hair, I mean, it's been cut, so it's still a bit like, you know, it's a bit like rough. Mm-hmm. So it just feels different. I'm like, oh, it's a little boy now. Anyway, that's not the update, <laughs> even though that was huge. So Josh posted this video. Uh, some of you may have already seen it because it's hit 6 million views. Insane. Like ridiculous. It went fully viral. On TikTok? On TikTok. Oh, holy crap. Um, I really mustn't have been scrolling at all because yeah. I'm sure that would have come up in my feed. So <laughs> here you go. And this I is think at the time is a genius. At the time of recording, it's hit six million. Yes, this is so, exactly imagine. Really, and it I could be. This is like maybe a week or so before this episode comes out, so it could be. You never know. The biggest ever. Also, a bit of background for this: Josh had never done this before, so there's a lot of people that were like, "Oh my god, he must you know practice this all the time." He'd never this done this one before, off. yeah. And Josh was like pissing himself because he was so blown away. So this is him. What's this? Huh? Good boy. Rub it out. What's this? Tickles. Yeah, rub it out. Good boy. And what's this? House. Good boy. Roll up. Yeah, rub it out. Roll up. House. Bye, house. And what is this? Tree. Good boy. What? <laughs> An awful tree. <laughs> That's what everyone said. What the hell? And what's this? What's that? Oh my god, he's so good. Okay, good boy. Rub it out. Bye, And what's this? What is he saying? Oh, bye, fish. Can't say F. Like, bye. Yeah. A what? A snakey? Yeah. Good boy. Oh my god. He's like the best pictionary partner you could ever ask for. What? 
And he's never, this isn't a regular occurrence no. in your household? No. We've only just got that blackboard. Oh my God. So quick. And I mean, Josh's drawing skills are subpar, so. <laughs> okay, what's this one? Get out, he knows his name. What's that say? Happy. Good boy. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I'm anyway, blown away. Yeah. So, so I'm anyway, not a genius. So, you know, <laughs> look, we, we did get a few, few uh, DMs to say uh, you should look up giftedness, which I didn't even know was a thing. What's giftedness? I think it's way too early to tell. I'm, I'm not saying this, by the way. I'm not saying this. You are. He's got I know it. Every, what is it? <laughs> every parent thinks that their kid is gifted and that they're like some genius. And, yeah. And I'm not like that. I mean, I think he's pretty, that's pretty amazing. He's pretty smart. But I have no idea what to base it off. But a lot of people were messaging him and even like speech pathologists and stuff were saying like, this is incredible for what, his age. What's giftedness? It just I think means it's they're, just, they're yeah. gifted. Yeah. And so I think when they're a little bit older, you can get them tested. Wow. Honestly, if Josh and I produce a gifted child, anything can happen in the world. That's amazing. <laughs> Anything's possible. So yeah, that is so. He's the cutest kid ever. I can't even get over him. Like, I mean, I'll agree with you. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> oh, so that's my Harvey update. What kids are genius. All right, <clears throat> we have a toddler tantrum tale from Rachel. Yeah, and, and it's not Hannah's sister, Rachel. No, no, it's different Rachel. Rachel. Um, and I feel like Rachel's going to be like, oh well, now now my toddler in comparison to yours. Thanks very much. <laughs> no, um, Rachel, but, my toddler still has. Incredible tantrums that make no sense, so don't worry. But no, Rachel sent this in um, because, yes, if your toddler has a tantrum over something hilarious, please do send it to us at Kickpod on Instagram. Um, (laughs) This is what Rachel said. Toddler Tantrum Tales. So um, my 20-month-old daughter had a tantrum the other day and cried and I mean legit screamed for 10 minutes because I attempted to put on underwear. Um, I was just trying to get dressed for the day and she was there because she's a climber so she literally has to go everywhere with me. Um, And I go to put my underwear on and she just spat the dummy and lost it. She was pulling at my undies, screaming. Um, It's almost like she thought they were attacking me. It was so strange. So I just had to walk around the house with no underwear on for a while (laughs) for her to get over that fear. Um, Thankfully, the second time around, she didn't care, but I seriously considered not wearing underwear for the day. Oh, my God, that is so funny. (laughs) Had to go commando because the kid just wouldn't have it. (laughs) Mummy, go commando. (laughs) That is so funny. They're so strange. They are very strange little beings, like, (laughs) honestly. And even Harvey does this all the time, even with himself. I think he's definitely like me. I think he likes to be naked. Like, mm-hmm. wow, well, that sounded funny. <laughs> he's like when I, he likes to be naked. <laughs> I mean, I do. I yeah. do like to be naked. But when I was a kid, particularly, I remember looking back at all like my family albums and stuff like that, and I, I looked like a nudist child. Like I was always <laughs> naked, um, even up to like I was like five or whatever. I'd be naked in someone's backyard playing in the sprinkler. Like I think it was just like a norm for me to be nude. You'd so you'd be doing it now if it was socially acceptable. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> But oh my god, that is so fun! I love that she just like committed and was like, "I'm not dealing with this tantrum right now, so I'm gonna just walk around my house with no underwear on." If you can't be bothered, like I wouldn't. I don't think I'd cope with the screaming. 
and I'd just be like, sure, I'll, yeah. I'll wear this bucket of spaghetti on my head or whatever yeah. you want me to do. Like I'd <laughs> Strange little beings. Anyway, thank you so much for sending that in, Rach. Um, yes, as Mandy said, please keep them coming at KickPod on Insta. So today we have, as mentioned earlier in the episode, the incredible Hannah Vasicek, who is one of the co-founders and she's the CEO of Francesca Collections, which is a jewellery brand um, and they're based out of Hobart and Melbourne. Her sister, Rachel, as I mentioned, She's been on the KickPod before. Highly recommend going back and listening to that episode if you haven't. Yeah, incredibly I'll gripping. I'll put that in the show notes if you Amazing. want to hear that episode. She is a mum to baby Elijah, who's one, and Vienna, who is three. When she was pregnant with Vienna, she was diagnosed with amniotic band syndrome, mm-hmm. which is where the lining of the uterus gets tangled around the baby or around the umbilical cord. I found it really fascinating to learn about this in the podcast yeah. because I will be the first to admit I didn't even know this was a thing. Neither. Um, and I believe Hannah mentions that she didn't either. So I think it's just one of those things like with pregnancy and beyond, like postpartum as well, I feel like there's so much that goes unsaid. And mm-hmm. I I suppose maybe to a point it's like about not wanting to instill fear yeah. where it's not necessary. However, I still think like this sort of thing, it's, it's good to know about so that when it does come up, if it comes up, you're kind of aware of what could go wrong. And I actually think this is a story of hope because... Yeah. It's I a can imagine. Story. I can imagine getting told that your baby has amniotic band syndrome. The doctor explains what it is, the Some risks, risks involved, yeah. and like how bad it could be. Mm. Um, which I think, as Hannah mentions in this episode, can cause stillbirth and things like that. So yeah. really devastating. Finding that out when you're pregnant would be the most devastating For thing sure. ever. Hannah has had her now three year old, mm. who's a beautiful little girl. Yeah. She was born without her right arm, and Hannah was asked three times during her pregnancy if she wanted to terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. And and I just, like, it's just such a wild story and one of, yeah, it shows hope because she she followed through, obviously, with the pregnancy and everything was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just a beautiful story as well of, like, um, especially with how her partner kind of supported her through this as well. Mm. And Hannah's really honest um, about the journey. So we hope you guys enjoy learning more about this and and hearing Hannah's story. And I'm just looking forward to sharing it with you all. Hannah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Me too. So outside of what you do at Francesca with your sister Rachel, who's also been on the kickpod before, sharing a very interesting story of yours, which for anyone who's who's interested in listening or if you might have already listened to it, Hannah is Rachel's sister who was a part of the story um, on human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And we'll put that episode in the show notes if anyone wants to go back to that. But that's you. That was that was you. So Yeah, and insane. it's crazy because at Francesca we had been partnering with yeah. Be Hers, the local charity, mm. for like two years. Yeah. And it's one of those things, things feel so far away. And then when it happened to us, it was, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. But it really um, brought a lot of momentum to the charity work that we do as well. So, of course. Yeah. So much purpose. Now, today though, we're going to talk about your motherhood journey with your two little ones. And I would love for you to start with Vienna, who's three now. Yes. Um, So if you could take us back to, I suppose, when you were trying, when you found out you were Mm -hmm. pregnant and kind of go from there, that'd be awesome. Such a journey. I've always thought, I guess, I'm not sure about you, before becoming a mother, I was really, really obsessed with business, Uh, worked really, really hard. The business took, you know, 10 years to grow. And I always said the only thing that will slow me down is a baby. 
And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was excited, like mm-hmm. literally just so excited. But I freaked out. I was like, how is how is this going to be possible? Because I don't have time as it is. Everyone reports to me, how is this going to work? Mm. Um, so that was kind of the first big shock. Um, and then um, I had a bit of a turbulent pregnancy, so was really excited. And then at 12 weeks, I literally went from work one day to my 12-week scan, met my husband there, walked in as you do and you're so excited and yeah, sitting there and it was just a junior sonographer that Mm. was scanning me actually and she was talking through and I'm, I'm very talkative, I was just asking her questions and then she went really silent and sort of kept on scanning the same area and like for some reason like my heart just dropped, like I knew something was up Um, still makes me emotional, sort of like going Mm. back to that time. And she left the room really abruptly. She's like, no, she's like, oh, I'm just just going to go talk to the doctor. And I just was, you know, laying there, turned to my husband, BJ, and I was like, oh, something's wrong. And so a lady, an older woman came in then Mm. and she was like, she was beautiful. She was like, oh, we're just... This, we're just a little bit worried about the little one's arm. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, and she luckily, like she's this really senior sonographer. Mm-hmm. I'm so lucky that she was even working that day because she said that most people wouldn't pick up on these things. Okay. And she was scanning me again and she's like, look, your little one, and she would have been, I don't know, yeah, seven, tiny. eight centimetres yeah. at this time. Um, she said she's got her arm, but it's kind of caught. So there was like a chicken wing, Mm -hmm. and she said, I can see an amniotic band. Mm. And I'm like, what is that? Yeah, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like numb at this stage. And, um, yeah, she's like, I can see an amniotic band that's wrapped around the the baby Mm. and it's around the arm and it's around the umbilical cord. And, yeah, I didn't really know what that meant. And at that stage, she was like, you know, like, it'll be okay. And, you know, she finished the scan and she was really lovely. And I went and sat in the car and Googled. Yeah. And, like, obviously saw, like, the extreme situations. Amniotic band syndrome, I I then found out, was where a fibre from the uterus Mm. enters the amniotic sac, Mm. which is sort of filled with liquid and can kind of flap around and like wrap around babies and do damage. Mm. It's a really big reason why there's a lot of stillbirths, Mm. cleft palate, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I sat in the the car and just my world just crumbled. And interestingly, a lot of it was about... Um, you know, like, what is everyone going to think? Mm. Like, you know, um, I just bawled. I, I left my car in at the car park at work that day. My husband drove me home. I messaged my obstetrician because I still didn't know what it, was, what yeah, it meant for you. It, yeah, you yeah. know, like, it was just like this, there's something wrong. Mm. And so um, my obstetrician said, come in. And she was absolutely amazing. And she just talked me through it. So she was basically like, you know, when the amniotic band wraps around part of their body, usually the part of the body is affected. It might be amputated. Um, you know, she stepped me through really calmly. All the possibilities. All of the possibilities. 
And then, yeah, I just went home and was in bed crying for like two days. Mm. Um, and I'm a really, really positive person. Like yeah. if there's a business problem, I will just like knuckle down until I can fix it. I couldn't fix this. Mm. So, yeah, like that was the start of my pregnancy journey and my motherhood journey mm. and, you know, to some degree the start of the never-ending worry that I now know is also very normal. Um, but, yeah, so two days in, my husband came downstairs and he's like, you have to get up and you, like, this, we've been chosen for a reason because I kept on saying, you know, why? I Googled everything. I didn't eat anything bad. Like, you know, I just, I did everything by the book. Why me? And he came downstairs and he's like, why not you? Why not us? We are, like, we're capable of of this, of, like, bringing a child with a disability into the world. And that was it. Oh, so, that is so beautiful. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those things where, you know, there were so many decisions because we still didn't know, even up until she was born, what her arm would look like. Mm. So essentially um, by 16 weeks, her arm was amputated. Mm -hmm. So essentially the bands, as they grow, the bands cut off um, any yeah. supply of of blood and things like mm. that, and she then lost her limb. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about that. Mm. Um, we flew over to Melbourne. I'm from Hobart, mm. and we went to the fetal management unit, which is at the Royal Children's Hospital, which even the name just sounds really mm. crazy, and um, met with a male doctor there who he, like, it was a really horrible experience mm. because he, you know, obviously is used to talking through options to parents with babies with issues. And, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't good. So what did he say to you? Um, he kind of sat down and he was very sort of like no bedside manner. Nonchalant, yeah. Yep. Um, and he said, yep, baby's going to be born with no arm. Um, would you like to continue the pregnancy? So he suggested terminating. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah. Even though my obstetrician had already, you know, in a really beautiful way sort of um, had gone over that as an And written yeah. really clearly on yeah. the, oh, no, like it was, I was hoping to get more answers from a mm. professional. You know, I was asking how it could have happened. And he was like, oh, you know, like happens in one in 25,000 live births. It's just something that happens. It's a rare occurrence. But, you know, like you won't have it on your next baby. So, you know, you could terminate the pregnancy. <laughs> and it got to, it was actually really like at this stage, it was so laughable. So confronting though as well. Um, yeah. It was so laughable that I I became really defensive and yeah. I was like, hang on, so she's only going to have yeah. one arm. I was going to ask, was that, did you have that confirmation that like, was the worst of what had happened that she was going to be yep. possibly without an arm? Correct. Like it wasn't, there wasn't any other dangers involved? Yeah, so I, I mean, was asking, of what yeah, so I was of. asking, is it a congenital thing? Like, yeah. is it going, is it, you know, sometimes things can affect the heart, you mm -hmm. know, like it's an all, all body. He's like, nope, just the arm. And I was like, okay, well, what's the issue then? Yeah. And then he made a joke that, like, she would be a Paralympian one day, like, because my of husband plays did. basketball. Right. And he's like, oh, she'll be able to play basketball, you know, for the Paralympics. Um, but if I've reflected on that and if I wasn't as confident and sort of, um, I guess, outspoken in yeah. myself, I, I would have had so much doubt as to, you know, the situation. Totally, because I think you would have, like whilst it's important, obviously everyone knows their options throughout these things, mm. I think you would have thought 
for someone who wasn't quite sure, if a professional is speaking so calmly about that as an mm. option, you'd be like, oh. Yeah. You know, you'd yeah. think it was almost like a preferred suggestion in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because since she was born yeah. and since a lot of my followers have seen her mm. absolutely flourish, mm. they've even said to me, like, I can't even believe that it's fathomable, mm. you know, that it's a reason. I so know. it's, yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, so... 20 weeks, I made the decision not to tell anyone mm-hmm. except for my family mm-hmm. and a few close friends. And so the hardest thing for me, so once I came to terms with the fact that, you know, my daughter would be born mm-hmm. disabled, mm-hmm. it was the everyday like, oh, how are you? Like, you look amazing. Yeah. How's the baby? And I would just have to say, you know, like, great, mm. you know, baby's great, knowing in the back of my mind that, you know, at some stage everyone's going to find out. Mm. It wasn't until she was born that we finally saw, we didn't know where the amputation was. We didn't know if there was going to be sort of like surgery that was needed and things like that. And she came out screaming with the tiniest little arm. Mm -hmm. So that's what we call it now. She's got this little arm Mm -hmm. that she's very proud of. Um, And, yeah, that was was the journey. At that stage, I just wanted the band to not affect the umbilical cord. Um, And so every day of that pregnancy, I lived not knowing if it was going to be severed. So, you know, as long as she was healthy and she made it, Mm. that's all that mattered to me. So, yeah. Amazing. And so when she was born, was there any surgeries involved or anything? No, she just came out and it was like, it's so crazy. Like the arm had completely healed. It's just like beautiful skin. She's got um, what she calls her little dot, which I think is where it was amputated and it's Mm -hmm. tiny. It's probably the size of what her arm was when it was amputated. It's like this tiny little dot. Um, Yeah. And yeah, she just... She was perfect as a baby, mm. like absolutely perfect. Yeah. We announced that she was born. I decided not to announce to the world when she was born mm-hmm. her, you know, uniqueness. Yeah. It was like two days later that I was like ready. I wanted her to have that moment of like, mm-hmm. you know, she's here mm-hmm. and she's perfect. And then two days later, I did a post with her little arm Mm -hmm. and just explained the situation. And that's when I had a massive, you know, breakdown, but like relief that like the world knew. Yeah. 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 So wild. (laughs) Wild pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, but but so amazing. And um, I want to know as well, because I mean, I already know with Harvey being two, Mm. like how much development happens yeah. Between one and three is insane. Yeah. And I can only imagine now between two and three, there's yep. going to be so much more. So how have you gone with Vienna in, I suppose, like educating her on her difference and like embracing that? Yeah. I'm, before becoming a mother, yeah. I was really obsessed with like subconscious yeah. beliefs. Um, I had studied neurolinguistic programming. So just before I became pregnant, I became a practitioner. Wow. So I was very, very aware of the subliminal beliefs that we can, you know, unconsciously, you know, I guess, project onto our children. Yeah. Uh, that was huge, becoming a mother and realising my patterns yeah. that I was unknowingly um, and then caught myself. Did you, do you um, think you've become a better person? Oh, since doing yeah, like NLP? Since ha- just since having her. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because she... It was like having a mirror yeah. and realising things in my background that had unconsciously come through, you know, our whole lineage. Um, A massive one for me, and it's on the development thing, was 
because we were so excited that anything that she would do, yeah. we would be like so excited for because we wanted to encourage her. Um, it was around, mm, I reckon it was around eight or nine months old that she she was doing something and we were like clapping and being like, yeah, like cheerleading. And then one day I remember um, she did something and she turned around to look at my my reaction. Like winning the praise. But I had a full, I had to like stop, go downstairs and call my business coach, like yeah. my life coach who does NLP, and I said, I've just realised that at eight months old, I have already wired her to be motivated by achievement and external, like... (laughs) I know, it's so crazy. And I just had this, like, full breakdown because that's actually um, a lot of the personal development work I'd been doing before getting pregnant. I was in hospital for five days, incapacitated, from burnout Mm. and it was from just an internal driver Mm. but that had obviously come from, you know, growing up. External validation and everything. My my personal happiness was dependent on how much I had achieved that day. Yeah. And it, like, broke me and then I saw that I was, like, you know, carrying on that. So it was little moments like that that I was like, I have to find out a way that she can be her own cheerleader and that she can make mistakes and things like that. So, yeah, motherhood is like... It's insane. Crazy. So, yeah, they told me that she wouldn't walk because she would be off balance until she was two. Okay. She walked at 12 months. Yeah, right. When she started walking, she was like, I am amazing at walking. And she, like, she fell over and couldn't break her fall on her little arm side. So she, we had, um, like, (laughs) egg on egg on egg on her right side of her head. So things like that were kind of, yeah, like developmentally challenging. Yeah. But honestly, like I feel like she, now that I have a second child, mm-hmm. she was just a whiz, yeah. independent from day one. Yeah. Um, so the thing that I've really focused on in the last three years is the subconscious beliefs. I've really tried to, I guess, help her practice, especially now, how to realise her difference mm-hmm. and then put her gratitude and her positive spin on it. Mm. That's been really, I guess, huge for me because those first three years of her life are going to be like her subconscious, you know, foundation and she is going to get teased. She's going to feel really low and flat when she's older about her little arm. Mm. But if she can pull on all of those positive things, it's never been a deficit in our house. Always, like, I was saying at breakfast today with Rachel, um, I said something stupid the other day and I said, oh, I'm so special. She pipes up and goes, Mum, you're not special. You don't have a little arm. And, you know, things like that is just, yeah, it's amazing. But it's still been a journey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. At three, she's now realised that she's different. Yeah. And we've had about six months of her, you know, sometimes whispering to me that she wants another big arm and, you know, that breaks you. What do you say when she says that? Um, oh, so like she's, she said it recently and it was it was almost like she knew that she, sh- 
you know, like she was a bit cautious about saying it to me, so she whispered it to me. Mm. And I said, oh, why? You know, like, you can do everything, Mm. can't you? And she's like, yeah, I can. But, you know, the little boy at school said that I can't read books because I've got one arm, Mm. but I can. And Mm. and so we we kind of... A massive one for me that I learned when reading the holistic psychologist book, How to Do the Work, really amazing book, okay. um, was not to deny their reality. So if I say, you know, oh, no, they don't mean it or don't be silly, that's not the case, yeah, kind of you deny their yeah. reality and they actually, you know, when they become older, they know that it's a reality yeah. and then don't have the tools to pull themselves out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I tell her the reality, yes, you've got one arm, but you can do everything mm. with it. So yeah, it's man, it's been a it's been a of course, years. of course. And I mean, speaking of books, I actually have a question for you. There's yeah. this book that I was gifted. Like I reckon three people bought Harvey the same book, and as soon as I was reading, oh, it, I already know what it is. Is it ten little fingers, fingers? and ten little yeah. toes? I wanted to ask what you thought about it because <sighs> look, there is so many. Books, Disney movies, like I'm the biggest Disney fan, but I know there's like problematic things in all of those movies, right? So like totally acknowledge that. You got three of them, see? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. And so I just wanted to know how you feel with books like this and and what it is that, um, because as soon as I started reading it, I honestly was waiting for one of the pages to be like, and this little baby didn't or something, you know, like acknowledging it in some way. And then when it didn't, I was kind of like, I know, interesting. So I wondered how you feel about books like that and then, Obviously, like, for parents, especially Mm. I think parents without kids, without a disability, you know, and that are quite able, like, what can you do Mm -hmm. to make sure that that's not like all, is it just not making sure that that's not the only book that they're kind of consuming? the, the, the thing, the thing is, you know, like, this is why social media is amazing. Yeah. So, like, the fact that you even, you as a mother reflected and sort of, you know, thought, okay, like, it mm. could be a conversation that you have after reading that book. Mm. You know, like you can add on, you know, sometimes kids don't have 10, yeah. ten little fingers and 10 little toes. Mm. Mm. And I actually saw it one day for the first time in like Big W, I think, and I was like, <gasps> and yeah. then like, I don't think it's anything wrong with it. I think that it's actually like, it's one of those things you don't want to be too extreme and it's mm. a, it's reality. You mm. don't want to change the world mm. just to, you know, to include every book and everything like that. I think it comes down to a conversation. Yeah. It was a funny one because my sister-in-law just had a baby mm. and I'm in a big group chat of all of her friends and we all bought a book to put together. Yeah. And um, one of the mums said, oh, I've got, you know, our favourite book for her, Ten Little Toes. And I was like, oh, do I say something? And I did. Yeah. I was in a really light way. I was like, oh, you know, like uh, I always like laugh at that book now, you know, yeah. being a mum yeah. of Vienna. And she was... She had this realisation? Well, no, she was horrified. Yeah. And like inboxed me privately. It was like, oh, like I'm so sorry I didn't yeah. realise. And I think that's the thing, um, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. I was just, I was just having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, it's just about the education. Yeah. So I think the more and more that we can sort of talk about it, and for me, I love the inclusive books like Lego. For example, I've just started releasing sets of Lego, and there's like a girl with a half an arm. Yeah. Um, it's just exposure. Yeah. And I think that's why even with Vienna, I love, you know, ex- exposing people to how she's literally 
I don't see her being disabled mm. with a little arm. Mm. And um, my biggest pieces of advice is as parents, allow your children to ask questions. Mm. Um, so if Harvey came and, you know, saw that Vienna yeah. has a little arm, mm. she is looking, and this is that subconscious thing, so they look at absolutely every idiosyncrasy yeah. um, of your reaction, my reaction. Mm. And so our job as parents is to... Be like, yeah, this mm. is this is Vienna. She's special. She's got a little arm. Yeah. The times that I've actually like stepped in is when a parent has sh- shushed their child. Right. So like we'll be in a playground and, you know, a kid will be like, oh, her arm. And the mum will literally like whisk them away. Yeah. And I have sometimes been like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, come have a look. Like, yeah. you know, like Vienna can tell you why she has a little arm. Yeah. And I think... That's the change that needs to happen in society. Yeah. It's the, you know, don't, like, make eye contact with an adult in a wheelchair and smile at them. It's only because of our... If you treat them any differently, that's 100%. It's only because of our, um, you know, our reactions and our awkwardness Mm. to not understanding disability Mm. that actually is, that's trickling down to our children. Mm. So the minute that they they say, you know, I've had some parents come and say, you know, like, do you mind me asking what happened? And I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the ability to, like, you know, make it not a an unsaid thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my biggest piece of advice to fam- to families and to carers and to things like that, to not shut down the conversation because mm. then that child is thinking, oh, that's there's there's something wrong there. Yeah, and, and they're that's, treated differently. And yeah, stuff, so. and then that's forming their beliefs for mm. disability. Mm. So, yeah. And how has she gone being a big sister to Elijah? Oh, she's just, she just is so cute. The the second baby, I was like, how will I love a second baby? I think that all the time. <laughs> I think that all the it's time. like, I just was, I was like, and, you know, Vienna is just so special to yeah. me. Like, she makes my cheeks hurt every day. Yeah. And I just couldn't comprehend loving another child. Mm. And yeah, she from day dot, like it was her baby. She would, she would like cuddle it, kiss it. And then the day we brought him home, just I was bawling my eyes out because she was, there's this like, I put it on my Instagram. She like gets so excited that she has to turn away and like oh, jumps up and down because so she's so excited. Um, and that's been our, our journey. Mm. She does get jealous. Of course. But a mum said to me one day, which was like the best piece of advice, said never, you know, like you're going to have to feed the baby a lot and things like that. Never say, I'll be with you once I've fed Elijah. Mm. It was like, I'll be with you in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you also, you know, this really pivotal time in their life, Mm. don't want them to subconsciously think I'm second to the... Yeah, baby's more important. Yeah, but she's so cute. Oh, <laughs> she's so that, cute. That is amazing. Um, and I, I would love to finish off by asking for listeners who may be in their pregnancy or maybe they're trying, I think it's quite natural for us to have those. I mean, I had like different fears and stuff yeah. of, um, you know, this 13-week scan might mean a lot of different things because mm-hmm. um, you, you find out so much. So... For anyone who might be receiving or has received news mm. that something might be up yep. and it might be something similar to amniotic band yes. syndrome, what would you say to them? Because I'm sure, and I, I'm I'm so happy to hear that once 
you were asked that and you had that terrible experience yeah. with that man that you were in such a, I suppose, confidence space. You knew, knew what you were doing. You were so assured. But for anyone that's kind of not there yet, yeah. what would you say to them, um, I suppose, to comfort them mm-hmm. in this time? I think it's with anything, with motherhood, mm. with life, everything. When we're stuck in a place of like despair and hopelessness, actually the one thing that helps is hope. Mm. So for me, finding out something bad about my pregnancy, I joined the amniotic band page, you know, support group. I There's this amazing group called Lucky Finn Project. Um, oh, cute. Yeah, it's like, like Nemo, Nemo has his little Lucky Finn. I joined that mm. and it's it's interesting, you know, seeing seeing someone further down you know, the chapter of their their book mm. and how beautiful it is. And this applies to business, you know, mm. even with Francesca, you know, when business is so tough, yeah. seeing someone, for me, it was Samantha Wills. So seeing someone down on chapter 16 when I'm on chapter one mm. is enough to drive you forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you're in that helpless stage of your life, no matter what it is, even with, you know, like I have a lot of friends who, are desperately trying to become pregnant and mm. it's such a journey, mm. you know, following the the right people mm. who have been there, who have come through the end and I guess you like putting your future self there and meditating on your future self mm. every day will help pull you towards that goal. Mm. Um, that's what it was for me, seeing, you know, other people's children and how much they achieved with yeah. with their disability lives, yeah. was like, you know, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's life. Oh, thank you so much no for worries. sharing and being so open to um, talk so openly about your experience. And, yeah, they're both beautiful. They're really cute. <laughs> beautiful. And, um, yeah, so happy for you. And, yeah, also, aside from motherhood, congrats on Francesca. It's such an incredible brand. Thank and, you. We're so honoured. We have... We have so many mothers in our team. Like, I have a new appreciation for <laughs> mothers in all walks of life. We are awesome. <laughs> yes, we are. It's a great way to do it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you would like to get involved with the kick pod or kick bump pod, you can by going to our Instagram at kickpod and sending us a voice note or writing in a DNM. And if you would like to join a bit of a virtual mothers group, we like to call it our kick bump Facebook community is for you. There is so much in there, encouragements of finding your journey again after having a baby or questions during pregnancy. It's a virtual mother's group of love and support and you are so welcome. So you can find us there. If you would like to learn more about Kick, you can go to our website, kickapp.com or you can find us on the Apple Store and Google Play Store where we have a seven-day free trial. Thank you for listening and we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye.